Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. Today, we have the entire Fab Five crew, and I'd like you to meet the ladies. Catherine's mission is to help others in internal suffering and accomplish their dreams. Claudette's is to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow. Kathleen's mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide, move from pain and suffering to peace, presence, and purpose. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. And me, I'm Whitney, and I'm on a mission to help people do work they love and love the work they do. Chaos, challenge, conflict. Right, they happen, but so does being calm, cool, and collected. So, how do you get there? Well, today is your lucky day. We are here to share with you our everyday tips for inner peace. And Catherine, my dear, the mic is yours. Whitney's is on fire today. <laughs> she is. It must be her. I mean, there's like this Spartan sauciness that's happening. I am Whitney, a Spartan. Like energy. <laughs> I am a Spartan. Yes. I, I feel like we are in the company of a Spartan today. We are. Yeah. I see us. I feel it. Spartan. Let's celebrate Whitney, everyone. Hi. Thank you. I guess we should say what you guys are celebrating, what a Spartan is. Otherwise, people are like, what the Spartan? What the heck are they talking about? So Spartan a Spartan is a an event series. It's it's an obstacle course race. And I did what's called a Spartan Sprint. It's a 5K full of things like crawling under barbed wire and tossing spears and climbing walls and going under dunk tank walls and and all kinds of weird stuff. So if you think back to, what was that movie with Russell Crowe in it? Spartan? (laughs) 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 Is it, is it, um... No, it's not Gladiator. gladiator. Yes, like Gladiator. Yes, so those kinds of weird things that Gladiator people do. So that's what the part is. In other words, you have to get dirty while you're working and you're all sweaty. 
Thank you, but no, thank you. She don't, she don't mind. I think there's All something that. so badass about like crawling through the mud under barbed like running up a wall, like falling off, which would totally be me, and then just like getting back up. I mean, total accomplishment, Whitney. And the training, you have been like training like crazy, posting it like crazy. It's so motivational. It's so inspirational and just super proud of you. I know. Is this your first one? or This is my first Spartan. It's my first obstacle event of any kind, actually. Yeah. That's incredible. Congratulations. We knew you were a badass before and now even more than just exuding the Spartan energy. And, you know, it's, it, this is actually a beautiful segue into our topic today, which is everyday tips for inner peace. And like Whitney, you know, showing up in her Spartan total badass energy uh, today is certainly one way to create inner peace. And we'll dive into that, the the physical body and how we can take care of that, some tips on inner peace using our physical bodies. And then also over to what you said a minute ago, Whitney, cool, calm, and collected. To stay cool, calm, and collected in the middle of chaos. And I would say, Whitney, not only are you a Spartan, but you are also one of the calmest, coolest, just collected souls. And I am also very inspired by that in you, how, I mean, like you're just so grounding and like your go-to is cool and collected. Like, let's figure it out. We got this. And like, it's just, it's a beautiful grounding space. I know on our team here as sisters, and I can imagine in your life with your family, your friends outside of Beyond Your Best Plan, you really serve as an anchor and a grounding there as well. Is that, am I close? Am I right on? Am I like far out? Like, no, with them, I'm just like this. No, uh, you're, you're right. <laughs> no, you're right. I am that person. I don't know. My mother would probably say that's a default from day one or maybe even before day one. But it, it has been basically who I have been. And then there are things that have happened in my life that just put things in perspective. And I have chosen, which when it's my turn to talk, you know, I, I'll say choosing has been the key for that. So, Well, I think, I mean, you're talking like what, what better time than now? I want to know more when you say choosing and everyday tips for inner peace will open this as, you know, choosing is a powerful word because one thing that is for certain is we are all going to experience challenge as Whitney opened chaos, right? There is going to be things, smaller things in the day to day. There's going to be more catastrophic things. And so what we're talking about today is, yes, these things are going to come. These challenges are going to come. And that's inevitable. That certainly connects all of us as human beings. And I think what's super important, since that's inevitable, is 
we have some good go-tos to help keep us calm and at peace during the storms. And we're all perfectly imperfect. We're all going to have our moments. I certainly do and have. And thank God for the Fire the View being a beautiful support system. When that happens, you know, it's like, here are some tips to help us stay calm, stay grounded, stay cool and collected like our sister Whitney, while things feel like they're spinning all around us at whatever level. level. So we are pulling together our favorite tips that we use every day in our, our toolkit for the everyday small things to, you know, when things are bigger and feel even more catastrophic. There's different, I know, go-to things for me and I'm sure all of you. So let's stay with our sister Whitney here. We were talking about choose, right? I think I know where you're going with this. It is all a choice. So why don't you take us in, Whitney, about choosing? Absolutely. You know, I want to say, share this. This is probably not the first time that this happened to me, but it is the first time I think an event was significant enough that it has stayed with me, right? And Claudette can probably explain this better than I can, but the things that we remember are tied to emotion, right? There's some emotion that helps get us connected to something that happens to us. And that's how we can ha- keep them in our memory. I was a Toastmaster at this point, I don't know, 30 something years ago. I started as a Toastmaster. I worked for the Internal Revenue Service. I hated my job with a passion. And I joined Toastmasters because it gave me one whole hour, one whole hour each week to get off the phones, right? It was this sanctioned time where you didn't have to answer phone calls from irate people. And almost every call that came in, somebody was irate because Either they hadn't received their refund or they claimed they didn't owe money they were getting bills for and they wanted somebody to listen to them. I wasn't quite that person at that time. Um, but <laughs> Super fun phone calls with me. <laughs> it, was, it was painful. That's all I can say. It was painful. It was, And it lasted way longer than... I would have liked, but that's a whole other story for another that's time. That's a whole other show. We got we to have a show about that. We have to have that show for sure. <laughs> but I got off the phone for this hour every week. And so what I did was turn that into more time by getting involved in leadership of Toastmasters. So initially I was just in the club. I got to get off the phone for the meeting. And then I was like, oh, if I serve as president or the vice president or membership or something, I got a little extra. I'm I'm a smart cookie, right? I know how to play this game. So I was like, oh, if I do more, I'll get more time off the phone. So my journey in Toastmasters and leadership started there. A couple of years later, I was no longer with the IRS and I wasn't with that, that particular club and I had moved somewhere, was working somewhere else. And I worked up to, I don't know, some regional area position in leadership. So outside of my club, the next level up. And I was the chair of an event, a huge event, a conference where we had the speaking contests and other people coming. And we were at this hotel 
and remember this like it was yesterday. We're at this hotel to have this event. And I don't know what happened in the hotel, but we were like within an hour of the event starting and the room had not been set up. And everybody on the hotel side, they're like panicking. And some of the other Toastmasters were panicking. And I just remember starting to just help. I just started setting things up. And a manager comes over to me and says, you can't do that. I was like, I don't have time for this right now. The room is not set up. We need to get set up. I'm here to help, right? They didn't want me to do it because I didn't work there, workers, whatever their issues were. And I was like, this needs to get done now. We'll deal with the other stuff later. I'm doing what needs to be done. I'm setting the table and I don't know anything about setting, you know, tables for conferences at a hotel. And anyway, I just remember in that moment saying, you can panic like the rest or you can choose to just do what needs to be done. And like I said, that may have happened at other points in my life. I'm sure it had, but that stands out to me as one of those times where I made this conscious choice to be calm, cool, and collected. And it became something that I would say became a part of my identity with other people outside of my family, right? That this is just how Whitney is. And so in other things that have happened in my life, that's been the approach that I've taken. Take a deep breath, right? So that I could clear my head enough to figure what needs to be done and then get it done. And I would say the same thing happened, right? The most catastrophic thing that has happened in my life is the death of my son. And even in the midst of that, I kept going, defaulting to my normal, what needs to be done. And as other people were like, here, let me help you. We're here for you. Let me help you. And I love and appreciate them for that. I had to be true to myself before I could get to a place where I could open up and be vulnerable and let them in. And I will say this, it probably created some conflict with people because when you're going through something, other people want to be helpful. At the same time, you have to be true to who you are. So I say choice. And I choose to be, and say calm, cool, and collected, I choose to be at peace. And therefore, on the everyday, going to the topic of our show today, what do I need to do? I ask myself, what do you need to do to be at peace today, right? And the things that I do every day include moving, includes prayer, you know, for me, includes journaling. It includes quiet time and giving myself space to just be. And when I do that, I notice that my days are much more peaceful than the days where I I find myself, you know, jumping out of bed for whatever reason. And there are not a lot of them. 
But every now and then there will be days when I just jump up and I have to go. My days are not nearly as peaceful. Inner, My inner soul is not at peace and settled as those days when I start my day purposefully and intentionally with that goal in mind. And when I jump up and rushing off to do something, that's how the rest of the day goes, right? And, you feel, and I feel like I can never quite catch up and get where it needs to go. And one of the things I have learned in that is that if I don't do it in the morning, I can still do it later in the day and sort of reclaim that and then get back to it for the rest of the day. So uh, for me, it's about choosing, it's about being intentional and starting the day or at some point in the day, getting connected to who and what I want to be in the grand scheme of my life and then intentionally for that day. So many amazing nuggets in there, Whitney. Super incredible. I think intentional, was that your word for 2022, by the way? That is my word for 2022. I love it. Living it. I love your powerful question that you ask yourself in the morning. What an incredible takeaway and such a powerful question to ask ourselves in the morning. What do I need to do to feel at peace today? What do I need to do to feel at peace today? And that could be just in the morning, how you set up your schedule, the calls that you want to make, the time blocking for certain things, just the time to go work out or do nothing or go for a hike or go uh, soak up some sunshine. Like it, whatever is going to help you feel at peace and more in flow. And I, I have a great feeling inside of me that all of that even leads to even more productivity when we feel at peace and we feel at flow and we're moving through. And it's interesting you brought up the morning routine and how you jump out of bed and start your day and the whole day just sort of feels rushed rather than waking up and doing more of a morning ritual of journaling and quiet time and prayer and things that you mentioned, Whitney, uh, because there is research on this with how you spend the beginning of your day, even if it's just 15, 20 minutes, is gives you an indicator or really sets up an indicator of how the rest of the day is going to go. So if you're rushed, you're sort of panicking, you're trying to get out the door. Yes. The day will probably continue like that rather than even if it's like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to do a couple things to get the mindset right, get the flow of the day right, that is more than likely how the day will go. And there's research behind that. So anyway, beautiful nuggets there. Claudette, my sister, what say you on everyday tips for inner peace? Hello. And I I just love this waking up with intention, right? Waking up. So my experience has been emotions are feedback. They're literally feedback of what is occurring deep within your subconscious, your soul. And from the surface level, you can go, well, this happened to me, so I'm upset. But if you go deeper and into it, you're like, well, what do I believe about what happened? If you go even deeper, well, who am I? 
if you go deeper than that, remembering that you're a child of creation and that from you, everything is, is created. And it's a two person thing. I'm not just saying you're the only one. It's all a frequency thing. And so for something to happen with another person in this world life experience, it has to be a frequency that is kind of similar. So when you go to the depths of how everything works, emotions are feedback. They are not who you are, but they definitely help you have this experience on earth because you're, you know, you're a child of creation, you're a spirit, you're a soul, you're a body. And you're having this experience in your emotions are causing you to have a third dimensional experience, right? So now, now that we say that, if you believe it, you can choose to believe it or not. It's okay. But now it's all about emotional mastery. So how do we do that? Because that leads to peace. So for me, when I have an emotion that my go-to emotion was anger and sadness. I had two of them. And it was extreme anger, which felt like a nuclear bomb being like exploding to the person I was angry at or incredible sadness, feeling sorry for myself at my own little pity party in the depth of despair. So it was either one way or the other, or I would get angry and then I would sink down into the bullshit. Okay. So one way or the other. And so to get out of that, each time it began to happen, I had to train myself to not cast my awareness through the constriction of my human self, my ego. I had to train myself to cast my awareness through my higher self and the divine within me, through God. And when you cast your awareness through God, you begin to trust. And what that means, somebody's like, well, how do you do that? You literally take a moment, take some deep breaths and say, I now connect to the one divine power that flows through me that is in everything. And you just breathe and you let that come through you. And then you say, okay, now I will see through that, this problem. And to me, that leads you to a very deep peace. And you can begin to go, what do I believe that is upsetting me? Because the truth about it is once these beliefs are replaced with truth, you can have a traumatic event. You can have all types of things happen. But once the truth is in there, the healing is there and the trigger is no more. And in the feedback is you're triggered until you're healed and that's okay. And if it takes your whole freaking life, that's okay. Because we're going on a journey and our soul is evolving and that's what's happening. So it's okay. And your ego is going to go, I thought you were already healed. Why aren't you healed? You should have been healed yesterday. Don't listen to the ego. You are where you are and it's okay. God's okay with where you're at. And if you just turn your awareness to truth and just to the divinity within you, which there's really only one. I mean, there's only one power that created everything. That's what we're talking about. And you, you start to go, let me see through the eyes of God this situation versus through the eyes of my ego. I call my ego Chi Chi the Chihuahua. Can you imagine a little Chihuahua looking at the situation? That's where I went into the pit of despair. It really didn't help me. <laughs> so, so, and you know, my Chihuahua has been to the vet now and hopefully she's better and sitting in the corner, right? So we train ourselves to go out of ego into our higher spirit as one with God. 
And then we allow that emotion for a minute. We don't have to allow it forever. We can even, we can literally allow it and freeze it. And people go, well, don't freeze it. You need to feel it. And like I said, this is just my, this is my understanding. But you've already felt it a lot. Like, I don't need to feel sadness to know sadness. I lived with it. So if sadness hits me, I'll go, that's interesting. And then I'll freeze it and go into my awareness of divinity. And I'll say, what's the truth about that? What do I believe? Because we have a ton of beliefs around events that have happened past lifetime, this lifetime. It doesn't matter. A belief stays with you throughout multiple lifetimes, whether you, until you get truth. That's why it says the truth sets you free. So it's all good. But to be in peace, cast your awareness to the divinity within you. Cast your awareness through that. And then I say, this too shall pass. And the truth in me knows the way. I mean, I've faced certain things and I'm like, well, you know what? I just start laughing. I'm like, you know what? The truth in me knows the way. Obviously, I believe in something that created this bullshit. I'm going to take my part of it. Someone else may have participated in it. I'm not going to blame them. Because I know as I rise in my power, they couldn't have participated in it if I didn't have the belief within me to allow it. I know that. And that puts you in a position of incredible power. See, there's a power in us that when we tap into it, and when we get this experiential knowing within our being, and we all have to do it individually, it's a sacred journey. We rise into a level of power that we can begin to create everything or manifest everything that we desire. And we don't pull in the lower frequencies into our experience, if that makes sense. And that gives me incredible peace. I just figured out within myself through the truth method, how to cast my awareness through God versus my lower self. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's the one thing I can't do without. Yeah. I could lose everything else, but I need that. When you say lower self, what do you refer to just for our listeners, the distinction between like lower self versus. Okay. So my lower self, when you're there, like at that. Exactly. So we have to understand universal law to start to differentiate between lower self and high self. Your higher self and God operates on universal law. The first universal law is the primordial law of being. You guys can look up law of being, but basically what the state that you are currently in on the inside of yourself is represented on the outside of yourself. And there's different laws. So a law of liberty. And so let's put it this way. Let's say we don't feel like we're enough in a situation. I don't know if anybody else has felt that. I sure as heck have. Okay. Uh, not enough. One of my beliefs is I can't do it anyway and it's gone, but that's what I used to believe. And I don't deserve anything good, anything good. It like any, like it was a big old quotes, anything. So anything good that came along, I was already going to undermine it with that belief. You can see how that's how we undermine ourselves. And then my peace was gone because now you've got this turmoil because you have universal spirit, which is always expanding, trying to give me something because the universe is always trying to give. It's always expanding. 
it's always giving and then I'm resisting it. That's where turmoil comes in. So now I don't have peace. So I had to discover universal law versus ego. Ego is lower thinking and it will tell you you're not enough and it houses the belief within your subconscious that you're not enough. Once you get truth and it's experiential, once you get it, it's mathematically impossible to not be enough. It's mathematically because you can't take a drop of the ocean and go, well, you're just a drop of the ocean, so you're not the ocean. No, the drop of the ocean still is the ocean, right? So we are a fragment of universal spirit. That alone, who we are, determines that we are enough because universal spirit is enough and it can't go into the state of not being enough. So understanding that universal law began to give me that understanding. So I knew when I started, you know, feeling or having those voices that, you know, those thoughts that go through our mind that are bullshit, that are constricting, limiting, making you smaller, that's ego is allowing that to come through. It's in your soul. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the individualization process. That's a whole nother podcast, but it's part of that process. We all go through it. This is why I said we get healed when we get healed. God's got all the time in the world and so do you. We ain't running out of time. Ego tells us we are, we're not. We're eternal and we will all evolve into the highest desire of what universal spirit has for us and what we as a higher soul have decided. It is done. Like it's all going to happen. There's nothing to worry about. But ego will cause you to feel smaller, constrict, sad, all of those emotions. And the emotion of universal spirit is joy, peace, expansion, love. Like it's just, it's that bliss. It's happiness. It's all of the higher vibrations. So it's just starting to recognize, oh, that's my ego. That's the programming. Got it. I got it. Now I recognize it. I feel shitty right now, but I'm recognizing it. Right. That's the first step. Right. Awareness. Yes. Right. First step. And now, huh, I wonder how I would look at this if I connected to God and saw through the eyes of God. How would I start to look at this? And that's just a matter of casting our awareness to that versus getting sucked into the emotional spin and spinning. Right. But we do that until we train ourselves out of it. And like I said, it's okay. It's okay. And occasionally I get mad. I mean, it's shocking to everybody, right? Is that shocking? Like, and it's okay and- to be there. It's good to be there. It's even better to be aware of where you're at and then accept it. And then you work to move through, right? And I think what you were speaking of earlier around emotions, our emotions are like little whispers or indicators on where we are at, right? Where at the top connected, right? With the divine is like joy and abundance, right? And we certainly feel that way. And then we have moments where it's the other side of the emotional scale, right? Of, of fear, of, of anger, jealousy, overwhelm, right? And then all kinds in the middle. Abraham Hicks, the emotional scale where she talks about this. It's pretty interesting. There's a lot of teachers, spiritual teachers that have the frequencies of your emotions, right? And you can look at that in the lower frequencies are of third dimensional realm. And they're part of what I call the individualization programming. 
and it's okay. It's part of it. You know, we have these ancient teachings that we fell, the Garden of Eden. We didn't fall. We pretty much swan dove, swan dove into constriction to become individualized, to become Claudette, to become Catherine, Kathleen, Whitney, Sarah, to become who we are becoming, to rise again and choose the oneness yet individualized. This is a whole big thing that is happening. It's the divine plan in us. And we can't even mess it up if we tried because we sure as heck have tried. I mean, who of us hasn't? And so, so if I get angry, you know, my daughter is here to remind me, you need truth. And I go, you're right. And so I used to get angry and stay angry for two, three, four weeks. I mean, mad. Go to bed angry, get up angry. Now, if I have a flash, it's like a flash of anger and I'm already, it's almost like you hit the gas pedal on a, a race car and now you're already hitting the brakes and go and turn the awareness to truth. And it happens less and less and less. And it's that journey because it takes a little bit to get me angry, but I've discovered I get angry over vendors who don't do what I paid them to do. So that's my current trigger. But then I also have to go, what am I creating outside of myself that attracts those vendors? So I, I will take the 50% responsibility for my participation because creation and manifestation is you have a transmitter and a receiver. This is why I said, you know, we can't just go, they did this to me. If we weren't in frequency, they couldn't have done it. Because the alternative is thinking that you are subject to everything randomly happening. And that's scary. Okay. I would rather understand that divine set up something to where as I learn and grow, I begin to do what's called walking on water, which is walking over all of the drama and circumstances. And it's really being at peace. So the journey into peace is inward. Right. And this is why what Whitney said is amazing, because when she goes into whatever it is, journaling, whatever, you're starting to turn your awareness back to a higher thing in trust is built. And when that happens, it's amazing. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so much there, Claudette, you know, a quick takeaway that we can all certainly work towards is when we're in kind of the spin of some of those lower vibrational emotions and we're going through a thing, it's like, just stop, like acknowledge it, accept where we are, right? And then it's like, what can we dig into about this situation where there's learning for ourselves and for this situation? Because many of us, including me, will go into blame. You know, for me, it's like, that's, like an initial hit. And then it's like, let me step back. Where is the learning in this for me? Why is the universe serving this up to me? I'm having this reaction. And what is there to learn here about me in the entire situation? It's a question of what is my part in this manifestation? Yes. And when you visualize, it makes it a little more fun when you visualize your ego as an avatar. Mine's the Chihuahua. Not that I don't love them. I love them, but not when they have rabies. Okay. So, you know, or or they're peeing in the corner, right? You don't. So I used to literally visualize and go, got it. Here's this. Okay. We're going to stop this for a minute. Now we're going to turn to truth. Like we're going to just stop this. I'm upset. Okay, great. I acknowledge it. 
Now we're going to turn to truth. And what happens is the power of the upset dissolves in truth. Because as you get truth, you get understanding and you, you have a higher awareness with that understanding. And then you understand, oh, I'm hiring vendors <laughs> that aren't exactly following through because guess what? There was a root belief of I can't do this, which I just got rid of. So they're just going to participate with me to make it harder for me to do it. That's how this stuff works. Now, are they in a frequency where they're not doing their part? Sure, but it's frequency. There has to be a sender and a receiver. Like it's, it's the secret of light. That's how this stuff works. So I'm like, okay, I'll take responsibility for that. I'll shift who I am. I'll get truth about it, get rid of that belief. And now I'll hire better vendors or the same vendor may show up differently. That's the magic of this. And there's probably a teaching in there for you with the business, the vendor relationships, running it for the future, those types of operational things that help us grow in our businesses as well, digging into the learning of situations that, you know, can be frustrating or there's friction and how do we make this better in the future. So, so much. How do we dig in and make this better in the future? How do we find the meaning? How do we take responsibility in the day-to-day things, the catastrophic things? There is certainly peace in all of that. Kathleen and Sarah, what say you? Well, it's such a fascinating topic as I'm pondering what to share. I feel like there's I don't know, five or six different ways that we could really carve up this topic. But you all have really set the tone in that, you know, it is about healing those insecurities. It's about healing our heart and our soul along the way. And I think when I had the fastest direction towards feeling more inner peace, it was my experience that I needed to heal being the victim all the time. And so I worked really hard through meditation and other exercises on really kind of working my way out of not being the victim. I think that when I accepted responsibility for my actions or for the things that were happening around me, and I understood that things were happening for me, not to me, that's when I hopped on the train of healing. That part of my healing from there just really fast forwarded for me and it really cleared up a lot. So maybe it's not, you may not sit in the role of feeling like a victim or things always happening to you. Maybe yours is something different. There's a different emotion around it. Not enough, right? That's a, that's a big one. That's a big one for me as well. But if I'm taking myself out of being the victim, then how can I not be enough, right? So, um, and then another way that I really create peace is to Whitney and Catherine's point, morning routines. Um, I'm a huge planner. I think ahead automatically. I'm thinking way far ahead. And in that, that is my perverse way of controlling the future. And maybe not the hey, most hey, wonderful hey. thing. I'm not even going to let you say that. You need to retract perverse. I mean, I honor how you plan. Okay. We, do we not all honor how she plans? Girl, be a planner. You plan 
you plan the crap out of something, okay? And we'll probably end up relying on it. So go ahead. Well, we have, right? This podcast is a perfect example of Sarah's organizational operational mastery that really created the building block for us doing this beautiful show. So 100%, the queen of organizing and seeing into the future. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, really what I'm trying to do is prevent chaos. Chaos does not feel good to me. Not being organized doesn't feel good. In fact, I recently, we went on a trip and we had people in and out of the house. So I moved my jewelry box into a secure room that had a lock on it. And then for like a week and a half, I just laid jewelry all over my bedroom, in my closet, in my bathroom. And I looked around and I said to my husband, I was like, I can't do out of routine. I need my jewelry box back here. I need to put everything back in it so I can see it. So for me, I'm just avoiding that chaotic feeling that I don't like. And But honestly, the inner peace and the balance is exactly what you all are relating to about healing, healing those emotions. Claudette, anger is a big, big one for me. But what I realized is sometimes when I was having that anger, it was almost like I, I'm holding my arms up in the air, kind of like a phoenix. And I would kind of launch down on a topic and really just hammer in with my anger, my words, what that was and what that is in that moment. I'm scared. I'm really, really scared of whatever's on the other side of that. And I'm getting big it, it, and it loud might not be and hurt. angry. You might be experiencing power too. Anger and power are very closely related. You know, if you're if you're conquering something and and you're a phoenix, I'm like, mm, girl, you some of your power might be coming out. So, <laughs> well, and it's a power of me protecting myself. I am just feeling scared in that moment, and I am learning now that I don't have to react that way when I'm scared. It might be better to just face. And talk about what it is that's on the other side of me being scared or fearful. But, and, you know, so that's, I'm still on this journey with everybody else and just learning about myself. And, but you're right, Claudia, it's awareness. It starts with awareness and then the little tools that help us adjust along the way. For me, it's planning. For me, it's organizing. For me, it's meditation and routine. I, I thrive off of routine. So. They're just my simple. You said something that was so absolutely valuable and critical and has been life-changing for me personally in creating inner peace. And it's what you said, Sarah, around life is always happening for me, not to me. When I learned that from Tony Robbins and really got that into my soul as a just a moral, like leading value in my life when regardless what's happening, like pulling the meaning out, having that, that trust in God and the universe. I might not like this right now, but I know there's something that this is guiding me to, that this is leading me to. So thank you for sharing that, you know, down again, like how we train our mindset 
the laws for which we live by, the guidance for which we live by in the day to day, these little beliefs that are actually huge in how we deal with inner peace. So I'm so excited for Kathleen to be taking us home today. This has been a beautiful show. So many amazing nuggets. We're even going a little bit longer than normal, but that's okay because our inner peace is so vital for our living, for our futures, for how we're showing up. So Kathleen, my sister, take us home. What is present for you and on your heart today around this? Well, there's a couple things. Thank you. Um, Sarah, I just want to honor your awareness of how your controlling and planning is working for you and when it's not working for you. So I just really want to honor you for just being aware of that because planning is wonderful and it can also be a way of controlling the outcome or the fear of what's happening. So I love that you have that awareness of that there's a balance there, right? The second thing is, is that I love a morning practice like everyone else loves a morning practice. And if you have a routine where you get up and work out first, get up and work out first. You don't have to adjust your routine or your practice. So where you meditate first and then work out, you know, and and I say that only because I'm aware of it today that this week, my my workout routine has only fit in at 5 a.m. There's no effing way I am getting up an hour earlier than four to to meditate first before I go. Now normally I do. I meditate, I have my own practice. I you know I have my practice usually before I work out. However, if if working out has to happen at 5 a.m., then my ass is not getting up any earlier than four. So <laughs> um so I just want to just hold grace and compassion for yourself and just know it doesn't have to be either way. It's just what works for you. What's important is that you have your morning practice in the morning. I think from all of what Whitney and Kat, Claude, all, all of you have said is that a morning practice is critical to creating and being in your inner peace throughout the day. And it's, you know, I, I, I see it as a triad. You know, we have a mind, body, and soul. And so all three are speaking with you throughout the day. It's, you know, you can start off in this, this beautiful, peaceful space or this horrific space, however you choose to start out. And your body is talking to you. Your mind is talking to you. Often, like Claudia say, your ego is, can work for you or against you. And often it works against you. And then it's your soul speaking with you. And the soul is really, you know, the soul is when you start to reconnect from my perspective, what I do is I reconnect with my soul when I can feel out of alignment. And so I kind of use the Fs, you know, it's not the fight, flight, freeze, or fuck it. <laughs> kind of excuse the language, but it's not that. The Fs are more of the feel the feedback, be aware of the feedback that you're getting and feel the feelings that you're feeling. When we start to be uncomfortable, when we start to get irritated or angry or sad or frustrated, depressed, whatever it is, don't push it aside. Feel through it. Feel the feelings that you've been feeling instead of harboring it and pushing it down and causing sorrow and, and all the other pain that you, you sit in forever. That will free you. That will create the sense of freedom that you get to live in. That's the, the higher connection that Claudette was talking about, where you're truly in this inner peace where you're, you're 
your truth is that you are source. You know, that one drop in the ocean is absolutely the best way to explain it is that we're all little drops in the universe, but all of us are part of source. And so when we're living in source, we have that sense of freedom and peace and joy and then fly, you know, play with what is happening, you know, be curious along the adventure and play what's with what's being presented. Fly through your day in that free kind of experience. And so, you know, it's not freeze, fight, or flight. I'm talking fly, enjoy, soar, you know, like just soar. Be in the, be in the Fs of feel it, free it, and fly. So that's my feedback for today. Could you also share your breath work that you recommend? Because I think it's a beautiful tool. So one of the things for around inner peace, where our breath can do so much for us, I mean, down to like, every once in a while, I get like a rapid heartbeat, right? And doing the breaths that you teach helps to slow that and create inner peace. And it's when you're feeling like, you know, a little anxious or a little overwhelmed or whatever, like you can sit down and just you know, put a couple minutes on your timer and do this specific breath and it absolutely causes inner peace. Yeah, even stress, whatever it is. And it's really not my breath work, but I appreciate you calling mine, but I do like to share. It's the four squared method is breathe into the count of four, hold it to the count of four, release it to the count of four and hold it to the count of four and just do it four times in a row. You You don't even need two minutes. You don't have to close your eyes. You could just breathe deeply and consciously. We naturally breathe, but we don't naturally breathe deeply. And so when we breathe deeply, it calms our nervous system and it brings us back into the grounded centered position. Another way that you could do it quicker and easier is breathe into the count of four, hold it to the count of seven, release it to the count of eight and hold it to the count of seven. Do that two times in a row. That will bring you back into your yourself. So breathing is part of the feeling your feelings. The other part here is just to be aware of that breath work can also help you avoid the feelings that you're feeling. So really allow yourself to become aware, play with it, be curious about what you're experiencing instead of avoiding it and masking it. And I love that. I love that, Kathleen. I love that. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm like the little, you know, peanut gallery, but. You can't shove it down because the shit rises to the top again. It's true. And, you know, like I work with people who are in the middle of their trauma of losing a child to suicide. You know, like there's, it is a difficult, anybody who loses a child suddenly and unexpectedly, it is the worst thing I've ever experienced. And yet it's, it has brought many blessings since, but when you're in the middle of that, you stop breathing, you stop living, you believe that you need to be in the pain. And, and so the techniques that I use with my pe- with the people who work with me, my clients, is that I get to show them that they have more power than they ever thought they had. And they have less control over anyone else's uh, decisions than they thought they did. They only have control over how they act and respond to things. And so... Yeah, those are all little techniques that I use throughout my day for me and for others. Beautiful. I mean, the the box breathing 
is such a valuable tool. You can literally do it when you're talking to somebody. You can literally do it in the middle of a meeting, a Zoom, a conversation, and it will, if you're feeling emotions and things rising, you can call in that, you know, inhale for four, hold for four, release for four, hold for four. Just four, inhale, hold for four, exhale for four, through your through your nose, and it is super powerful. So we have to wrap today. Maybe we need to do a part two one of these days on inner peace because so much great information. I feel like we could continue to talk about this for another day, but we don't have the time for that. We love you. We thank you. I'll kick it back over to Whitney. Such an awesome conversation. I took so many notes, took so such good nuggets. Awareness, right? Some of the things that just jumped out at me. Being aware, the Fs, right? The feel your feelings, feel the feedback, free it, fly. I love that. Love that. Life happens for me, not to me. The reminder of that is so important. Stop, accept, and then learn right? Ask some questions, get curious about what's going on and learn from whatever is happening, whatever's in the throes. And then, you know, just be intentional. Think, think about what it is that you want. How do you want to feel at the end of your day, right? Throughout your day. And then make choices that move you towards what it is you want to feel. And give yourself grace when it doesn't work out exactly the way that you want. So uh, with all that, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. If you have not already, please review and rate our show and join us on Facebook and Instagram to share how you do your inner peace. How do you maintain your inner peace? Join us, share it. And until next time, take care. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.